0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. These are difficult times. I wish I had more manpower to get more information out to you. I did update my Facebook page, uh, my Cronfort page, with a lengthy five-minute video the other day. And I will try to do more of that for you. Um, because sometimes you don't want to wait till the morning for the top story kind of thing. I promise in 2020 I'll do a little bit more as the year goes on to get more content into your hands. Top three stories of the day, in my opinion. G7 did nothing last night specific, but the Fed did something important today by cutting rates 50 basis points in an emergency move. I don't like emergency moves. A friend of mine once was telling me that around police, he said, don't make any furtive moves. I'm like, what's a furtive move? So then He's like, don't like quickly draw. Pull out your wallet, because he might think it's a gun. Don't throw a soda in the back seat because he may think it's beer. I'm like, okay, no furtive moves, get it. But I don't like emergency moves either. So that's one of the top stories today. the day. The market eh, had a nice bounce back yesterday, a dead cat bounce, whatever you want to call it. It was nice. Today, it didn't look like it was going to be able to, to hold, in large part because the uh, G7 did nothing. Today is Super Tuesday, where we start seeing if the billions and billions of dollars being spent are effective or not. Or we start seeing what our next president may or may not look like. Tesla stock could hit 1600 No, 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 $1,060. i am sorry. My bad. That's the third top story of the day. It shows you there's not a lot of top stories of the day. One fund manager said the stock could be worth $8,000 a share, a um, $1.5 trillion market cap, which seems pretty ludicrous, but... That's kind of where we're working at right now on Wall Street, and this is kind of what we're trying to say. You're seeing some retailers come out and talk about their exposure. You don't have to go far to see that it's starting to add up. Corona cases inside the United States are, I think, at 100 plus now. Two months ago, one month, one month ago, we were talking about 5G and new video game consoles being one of the possible catalysts for the year. Now we don't even know they're going to be able to make them. You assume that they will, but careful making assumptions. Apple up 4.8%. Oppenheimer upgraded the Tech giant to outperform, saying that it's a recurring revenue machine. That was a big story yesterday. Today, it has to prove itself again. This is a brutal market. Down three points today, down 1% to 295. I told you the Fed cut emergency 50 basis points. It instantly sent the market four or 500 points higher. And now, nope. Dow's down 142. NASDAQ down 39. SP 500 down 13. Russell 2000's higher. Russell 2000 doesn't have a lot of exposure to Asia. But what they do have is exposure to the United States. Russell 2000 smaller companies. And that may not be a good thing either. We're starting to see the Pacific Northwest become a hotbed. We're starting to see more cases in New York City. And New York City is an easy biological nightmare. Subways are filthy. We're still in the winter months in the Northeast. I'd say the Northwest, yeah, a little bit climately, a little bit warmer. But the cold weather is perfect for flu season in New York City. Nike uh, is working higher today, even though a couple of analysts out there are saying, you know, hey, they got exposure to Asia big time. And we expect to see, you know, billions of dollars of sales not happening the 10-year treasury and oil finally are having up days as well as the vix losing a little bit of joie de vie the vix is kind of a fear index as it starts to settle down people are less fearful but it spiked up fast 10-year treasury sits at 1.07% it was down to 1.05 yesterday i don't like it down there i'll be honest with you that's it, it, if this was a horror movie, and everyone's like, oh, oh, he just killed Jason. He's out. He's done. Look at him. He's just laying there at 1.05. No, it doesn't work like that. We're in trouble till we get, and I hate to say this, one six. It's just, it's flashing a sign like, danger, danger, danger. And the best opportunities you have to make money are typically during dangerous times. In When I lived on the East Coast, there was a, a place that everyone wanted to get, like a, a beach house, Nags Head, North Carolina, or the Outer Banks. And I couldn't afford it, I couldn't afford it, I couldn't afford it. And then the hurricane came through, and suddenly there was more buyers, more sellers than, than buyers. And prices dropped. It's when there's disasters that you tend to say, this is my opportunity to get the biggest bang for my buck. Horrific that I can even remember this. In 2001, I moved to the Bay Area. And somewhere around 2000, 2001, 2002, the Oakland Hills were on fire. And uh, I told my boss at TV, I was like, give me $10,000 I'll, I'll go buy a house. And he's like, what do you mean you buy a house for $10,000? Yeah, I'm going to put an offer on the one next to the one that's burning down. Crisis investing kind of works like that. When the market gets freaked out and it's all freaky deaky and no one wants to be a part of it, prices become irrationally lower. When everyone's winning for 10 straight years, prices become irrationally higher. You could look back at the 1990s and see what Alan Greenspan was trying to talk about with irrational exuberance, where there's a two- or three-year period where stocks like Yahoo would go from 16 to 250. And like, 16 to 30, I get. But 16 to 250, I don't get. So... You need the bad periods of time. You could buy some great tech stocks from 2000 2002 and pay a massive discount. He did the same thing in 2008. He did the same thing last week. But is it enough of a discount to lure you? Um, I don't like that the Fed acted. I just don't like it. I, I don't think making money cheaper is the right answer here. I think having a good president who leads the country and says, you know, we're going to give a billion dollar prize to whoever comes up with a vaccination, that's something. I think having a plan on like, how do we stop the spread? I think that's something. But now we're starting to talk about things along the lines of staying at home and working from your home for three months. That's not, you know, who that kills is the hourly employees. It doesn't kill the rich people. It doesn't kill the people who are managers who can work at home and schedule meetings online. So we're starting to hear maybe March Madness goes away or is less of a crowd. Maybe the Olympics. There's still a lot of questions out there that cheap money doesn't fix. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. If you want to see something that I did that was kind of funny a couple of years ago, go to YouTube and Google K-R-O-N, K-R-O-N TV, Rob Black, Halloween, Wicked Witch, or something like that. And you'll see the segment where I dressed up as the Wicked Witch on Halloween and went on TV. And I talked about the importance of, you know, uh, disasters. You get brooms from things like Home Depot so you can sweep water out of your house. Wizard of Oz, get it broom. So I dressed up as the Wicked Witch and I learned how to put on makeup, dressing up as a witch. And sadly, I look strangely good as in green. But I try to do things that are a little bit on the humor side. I try to do things that are a little bit educational. Some things I could do, some things I can't. Target reported a quarter, and it, it was kind of mixed. Um, what I heard in some of their numbers, I liked, including online shopping. Saw a big surge, about 20%. If you look at the calendar right now, it's March, so you could say, oh, Target's telling us about their Christmas month, December. Goes back 90 days, that's three months, Boom. Target's going to try out even more smaller stores. That's the big problem that I have with investing in big retail. I get it. I get it when, like, in the 1990s, we're coming out of Reagan, we're coming out of Bush, we're coming into Clinton, where interest rates are lower, economy is doing great. I get that desire to own a home. Um, and that. When you own that home in the 1990s, you're like, I'm going to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. And it's a big store. It's so big that when you go with your spouse, you're like, I'm going to go and um, I'm going to look for pillows. And then you just go find a corner to sit down in while she's off shopping for pillows and everything else. It's too big of a store. I have the same problem with Best Buy. Of note, Best Buy Online is now right now selling an Apple Home Pod. well off its $299 price, which tells me one of two things. A, they're trying to goose their online commerce. Probably not. B, Apple's getting ready to release a newer version of it, and they're trying to get rid of inventory. Every Christmas, you can get a great sale on iPads at Walmart, but you're buying the 15-month-old iPad. They're trying to get rid of inventory. You're not buying the cutting-edge one. So Target teaches us a lot, as does companies like Best Buy. They have too much square footage for me to care about. When I saw a statistic a couple many years ago that Apple has the most amount of dollars of revenue sold per square foot of their stores, I was like, dang, that company is hitting it out of the ballpark correctly. And yeah, is there something to like about Best Buy when you go in? And there was a point in time where I was, I'd go into a Best Buy and I'd be like, why are they selling bikes here? Why are they selling refrigerators? It didn't click in my head. It's too much damn space. It's too big. It's like a football field. And when you buy a home when your realtor says, well, it's going for a pretty reasonable $942 a square foot. Same thing could be said for something like a Best Buy. How much revenue do you get versus how much square foot? And the bigger the square footage, and this goes for your house too, you probably have stuff in there that you never even knew you had. So, I like Target. I don't invest in Target. Uh, Professionally, I've invested in Target as a trade in the past, but I don't feel like it's my end-all, be-all, got to hold this one till I die. I just think there's better opportunities. Walmart, McDonald's, Home Depot are all telling us how right now the coronavirus is is affecting their doors in China. International businesses are keeping an eye on the situation, of course. The Federal Reserve has cut interest rates. The markets responded positively, then they went negative. Walmart is coming out and saying, you know, We're really worried about our associates. We're really worried about our our customers. And people like me are going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Are you reducing hours? Are you closing stores? What's going on? We need to know the answers. And a company like Walmart, they do well during disasters. People go in and say, I need toilet paper. Honey, while I'm getting toilet paper, since it's almost all gone, you go get paper towels. It's like this game of how much stuff can you get out with. Burberry. They make super expensive luxury items that you probably don't need. But wealthy people love them, and wealthy Chinese are known to tend towards luxury goods bought or created in the United States. But the stores like Burberry are all in China, and they're basically not all of China shut down. China's a big country, but 24 of its 64 stores are closed. But of those 40 stores that are open, they're running under reduced hours. Most people in retail they don't get salary; they get an hourly wage. That's not good. We're a service economy in the United States. China's manufacturing economy. I don't even like our service economy. We're too close to each other. We're too touchy-touchy. Home Depot, they source about 30% of their products from China. They're giving us an update saying it's fluid, but we're watching it. There's a lot of consumer uncertainty. People are delaying bigger-ticket home improvement projects just in case. The situation in China is also affecting McDonald's. Uh, I love, there's a guy at Cron named Will Tran and he tried to go to McDonald's to get a free Egg McMuffin or something recently. And they're like, oh, we haven't heard about that promotion. So he, he posted it online. Like, "Ah, oh, I went to McDonald's. I should just go to McDowell's, which is a play on Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. And McDonald's responded to him and apologized and they made it right. Just because a news guy somehow posts on Facebook, that's kind of nice. to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. There's a company in the Bay Area called Design Zone Solutions. They're leaving the Bay Area, Oakland, and they're moving on to Texas. That's a bigger story. The number of people who died last night in a hurricane in, in Nashville, that's a big story we got a lot to work with right now. It's Super Tuesday. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I think today and tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday of this incredible month of March um, are going to be big days for Wall Street. Historically speaking, maybe. I know you're saying you're putting a lot of weight on this. I am. I think, first and foremost, the Fed coming to the rescue, I think, sends a partially wrong message. The G7 not coming up with a directive sends what we know to be true is that a lot of the problems in the world today need to be addressed by our politicians and not by just making money cheaper. Making money cheaper, for certain, helps speculation, for certain... It can lead to inflation. By making money cheaper, we've seen the stock market go up a crazy amount in the last 18 years. Essentially, since 9-11. Yes, there were some hiccups that was also caused by low interest rates. 2006-2008, the housing crisis, I think. um, And I don't want to get too political here, but I think Congress should hold some of the blame For the housing crisis in 2006-2008. You had representatives say, you know, my constituents deserve a house just like your constituents deserve a house. And I don't know if that's my Midwest accent or that's my Southern accent. But you need to make access to houses and loans easier. We need them for all communities. No communities left behind. Everyone should own a house because houses always go up in value. 2006-2008, if money wasn't so cheap, people wouldn't have got greedy. And speculative. You know, when my mortgage payment is tied towards an 8% loan, um, I'm not going to go out and do crazy stuff. When it's tied towards a 3% and my cash flow is like $400 better a month, um, I might overextend. But cheap money doesn't solve all problems. It does inflate the stock market on some levels. I think corporations do a nice job of carrying their weight too. But today and tomorrow are going to be... I'm not going to say pertinent, important. I'm not going to say hinged on, but the Fed just shot a pretty big gun. Bang! Out comes the bullet. 50 basis points is a big cut when you're near 1%. You don't have a lot of ammo left after that. You better hope those bullets hit. I don't think they could possibly do it. I don't think cheap monies are a problem right now. I think it's part of a good fix, but it's not comprehensive. Tomorrow is the second leg of what I think is going to be pretty important. And again, here's where I show my naivety. And it's obvious when I say this. I don't know how Super Tuesday plays out. And tomorrow may not day may not be as much of a deciding factor as i feel it is like i said i'm not very good at this and that platform is changing on a daily basis with candidates dropping out and endorsing others it looks like the democratic party and again this is where i get kind of stupid kind of has it in for bernie sanders pete moodleage i don't know what he was promised but he quickly said i'm out and i'm supporting biden Butcher, same thing. I'm out supporting Biden. Beta O'Rourke, who who he's been out for like a, for a long while. He's out and he's supporting Biden. So tomorrow I don't know if, if Biden does better than expected. Does that mean we're more moderate and we'll work together in the fall if it's a you know, a Biden versus Trump or a Biden presidency or a Trump presidency, we kinda know what we get with Trump presidencies, right? We don't really know what we get with Sanders. I'm just trying to repeat a little bit of Wall Street right now. I'm not politicizing this. Uh, today is a good day to get out and vote. You have that excuse going for you unless you're afraid of the person next to you. Remember, old people vote. <laughs> old people are the ones who are getting sick with the coronavirus to a larger degree. I love the coronavirus because it's, it's insane. There's Every day there's like a website that pops up and says like, African-Americans are immune to a coronavirus. And then there's like 10 news stories like that last story wasn't true. We get speculative. I know a money manager who, you know, he wants to practice something a little different than portfolio. Like now's the time for him to get on his high horse and preach. You see all sorts of stuff. But tomorrow's or today's Super Tuesday. Tomorrow is Hangover Wednesday from Super Tuesday. This has been a very, very expensive campaign season so far. And it does not seem to be lightening up. So political ad spending hits record high as TV continues to dominate. Kind of interesting, right? Campaigning for the 2020 presidential election heads into the final months. And um, I think that's still going to be something. I, I don't think coronavirus is a contained nuisance on the markets and i don't think the political season is contained yet and we have a clue of what's going to happen remember when trump was elected overnight you saw markets just collapse in asia in europe and in the united states we collapsed for about an hour and then we roared back throwing that out there for you um Total political ad spending is going to reach six point eight nine billion. Six point eight nine billion. Four short years ago, it was four point two billion. So ad spending is going up incrementally stronger. And if you can find out a way of investing in that, you can see that uh, it's pretty strong. If you could invest in areas that are stronger than trends, those are your growth stocks. The credit buyer sell off is an opportunity for Tesla investors. Now, I think I've heard everything, but let's see where this one goes. Joe OSHA, he's been around a while as an analyst. He upgraded Tesla to the equivalent of buy from hold. He also took his price target to 1060 just not that long ago this stock was was playing around with 200 300 250 350 300 boom 900 now it's pulled back in the recent days fund managers and analysts have suggested prices such as 8000 a share i know you're saying did you just say 8000 a share i did if you look at the car market and see electric vehicles as the future and you look at how many people have electric vehicles right now you see a huge opportunity for Tesla. Can they pull it off? I don't know. Tesla's epic stock run which has seen shares rise from the lows of about 200 to more than 900. Now one analyst is going up to over a thousand and some people have speculated it could be worth a trillion and a half dollars kind of similar to Apple. OSHA, the analyst, says that the virus sell-off provided investors with a good opportunity to enter the stock. Again, I started the show by saying, Wall Street has this wonderful way of, of, of crash, flash crashing. And you almost feel like they're attacking any new investor in the last three months when it happens. Because <clears throat> it's painful when you buy a stock and then you're down 10% smack like that. Buy ratings on Tesla shares are rare these days. Only about 20% of analysts rate Tesla a buy because it's had such a big run. But also, people are trying to figure out, is it a car company or is it a tech company? I don't really see how this is a play on coronavirus. Um, Because Tesla has manufacturing... And Tesla's Chinese business could be affected. The big milestone for investors and analysts will be the launch of the company's Model Y crossover. It's a crossover-sized sports utility vehicle. Deliveries are expected in the first half of 2020. So for a company that doesn't make a lot of money, that has a super high valuation, first half of 2020 is going to be interesting. Yeah, so I don't really see the... <coughs> Angle on the coronavirus being good for Tesla, other than it went from nine hundred dollars a share down to seven hundred dollars a share, and this guy thinks it's worth a thousand sixty a share. He's not saying anything like, "Oh, people are going to be sleeping in their Teslas." Oh, Tesla has an air filter that is so good that like you can treat patients in it. No, it's just like saying it's sold off that it gave you an opportunity. Oh my, oh my! So the Fed came to the rescue this morning, and I want to keep updating this as it's happening. Because if we see weakness, it's going to tell you money doesn't have faith that cheap money is going to solve the problems. Again, my opinion is that a 50 or eight basis point cut is nice in times of a pandemic. Um, especially coming out of it after bodies have been buried. Then and only then are you saying, "Ooh, cheap money. And again, I don't, even know if this is, I don't even know if I'm right with this. Crude oil prices and the 10-year treasury had finally started to show some stabilization. Crude up yesterday, crude up today. $48 a barrel, not that bad. But the 10-year treasury yesterday dipped to shockingly low numbers. Keep in mind, I, I don't like the 10-year treasury under 1615. It's at one. And again, there's a flight to safety that goes on, and the United States government always pays their debt. So yesterday we hit 1.062. I don't, I don't think we got low. 1.062. I think that's as low as we got. Uh, with that said, no, we got to 1.059. It's improving, which is nice, but I don't think we're completely out of the woods. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW Radio app. Twin Rob Black, can you run it? I'm Rob Black. Online brokerage platform Robinhood said it's back up and running after an outage prevented customers yesterday from assessing their accounts. Not assessing, accessing their accounts. That's the kind of word that threw me in elementary school. The word assess versus access. And to this day, I'm still taunted and... also the word because. Because, because, because. For some reason, I couldn't spell it. So Robinhood, the platform, the app, is still having issues. I haven't used Robinhood. I know all about it. And I followed the company from basically its startup days, where it was starting to win awards, contests. Like, this is the sexiest startup out there. But, again, it goes to show you some of the reasons. When people ask me, what brokerage firm do you like to use? I go, well, I like TD Ameritrade. I like Fidelity. I like Vanguard. I like their paperwork. As a 20-year-old man, I would have said, I want to use the cheapest one possible. E-Trade, maybe? Or some sort of Disc Scott trade discount. Like, I want it cheap. I want it bird sanctuary. Cheap, 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 cheap. But when you're 20, you're, you're focused like that. You're not thinking good paperwork. As you get older, you're like, I just want good paperwork so I can give it to my accountant and be done with it. I want to know that my trades were executed, and I want to know that you're sending me out something so the IRS doesn't come knock, knock, knocking on my door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Guns and Roses touring again. Who knew? I'm not a big Guns and Roses kind of concert-going guy. Just to show you like how my head works, I'm like, can I say something about Guns N' Roses concerts? Like, can I throw in COVID with it? Like, I don't want to go to a concert in the first place with Guns N' Roses—too many people, too much sweat, not enough deodorant. And then I'm like, can I throw in the COVID? They put a little COVID in the sweaty department, and it's like, this is a crazy time to talk on in media because you don't know how sensitive people are going to be, and you also don't want to be so boring. Like when it comes to your money. Issues like concerts are not funny. So Robin Hood's out there apologizing. And I would say that's a strike against the company. Would I use them, I still probably would. Not being able to trade for one day of the year shows that I was vulnerable, not them. If I have to trade on a day, that tells me I'm, I'm the sicko. I'm buying stuff that I don't feel necessarily comfortable with. But they wanted to buy yesterday because the markets were up 200 then they're up 300. Then they're up 400. Then they're up 500, 600, 700, 800. And like, suddenly at some point in time, we're up 1,500 points. And people from the Robinhood app who use it are like, we're going to sue you. <laughs> wait, wait. You signed something that said you were not going to sue them, first and foremost. It may have been a digital signature that you didn't read, but good luck for that. But also, you, you kind of signed up for it. You know, you, you kind of knew that they were a startup. A failure for Robinhood is a setback that are trying to lure young tech-savvy investors who want to trade entirely online and for free. So Robinhood has a market cap app of about $7.6 I predict if they do go public, I think they get acquired very fast. So I think uh, an old stodgy bank like a Morgan Stanley, a Goldman Sachs, a Bank of America would say, this is clicking with younger people, and we want a lifelong relationship. So turning the page of the elections and the campaigns, ad spending is kind of loco in the cocoa. Total political ad spending is going to hit $6.89 billion. Doesn't that seem like a lot of money for stuff like... I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but don't you kind of feel bad a little bit for a billionaire who spends, let's say, a billion of his own dollars trying to win the presidency? I know you're saying, I don't feel bad for him. He's a loser. He he gets what he deserves. But if you don't even, like... There's not a lot to gain after doing a commercial that doesn't work. That money could have been better spent on homeless shelters. But, again, I'm not going to get into that. But there is an emptiness to the spending. So... TV ad spending, $4.55 You cannot... When I watch the evening news, every ad is like political spending. I don't even think Coca-Cola is advertising anymore. When I watch ESPN, I, every ad is political spending. And those are the only two things I watch. Can't watch sports because our teams in the Bay Area stink this year. TV share of political advertising is up a bit from the prior election year as it takes from radio and print. But again, we bring this up in large part because of Facebook, right? And uh, we kind of know what we're dealing with. I don't want to make too much of this. Trump demands more from the Federal Reserve. More easing and cutting after the Fed slashes rates, 50 basis points. It does kind of throw in something along the lines of, he did ask the Fed to do this a week ago. So it makes the Fed lose a little bit of credibility in the eyes of foreign institutions. President Donald Trump demands today that the Federal Reserve cut rates even more, slashing interest rates by a half percentage point in response to slower economic activity growth. Interesting. The problem with that is is we saw a nice reaction cutting 50 basis points today. After that, if the news continues to get worse, we don't have anything else we can throw at it. The Dow is up just 25 points now. It has been a crazy day on the Dow. The G7 failed to show any sort of policy initiative with their finance ministers and economic chiefs. That was yesterday. So the markets, they rallied and the G7 did nothing. So I saw like the futures drop on that news. And then it looked like we are going to have a tough morning. Maybe a little bit of a skosh of a rebound. And the Fed cuts interest rates. And boom! Up we go. But not so much right now. So we're losing the momentum of that 50 basis point cut. At one point in time, the Dow was at 2,7047. Now it's down 400 points from that high. Still up eight points for the day. But eight points hardly feels like a move after a 50 basis point cut. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.